Hello and welcome to night number 25 of 31 Nights of Frights, year three, the franchise. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. For night number 25, we're going back to Hellraiser and this is sadly one of the worst. I don't know if this is exactly the worst one. There's two that stand out that are easily worse than the others and this is definitely one of them. But anyway, before I get too far into a rant, I think I should announce the film. Starring Doug Bradley, Catherine Winnick, Lance Heinrichsen, and Henry Cavill. Yes, Henry Cavill. This is the 2005 Rick Boda-directed Hellraiser Hellworld. This one updates the world of Pinhead and the Cenobites into a massively multiplayer online role-playing game. Is this a smart update? I think it's probably a interesting idea. I'm gonna say it's interesting. Is it a good idea? No. The film kicks off when the character of Adam goes and commits suicide by burning himself alive. Then we're treated to two years later and all the people that were friends of Adam get invited to a rave. This game is called Hellworld. So obviously they were going for the World of Warcraft with people being obsessed with games. They could have actually went a little bit further to maybe do a correlation of how dangerous it is for somebody to be obsessed with a video game, but they never really go that far. This is not very well written overall. It doesn't make much sense. And also, the whole idea of the game itself doesn't really fit in with the Hellraiser world in general. The online multiplayer game, it just doesn't work for me. Most who have seen Pinhead or the Cenobites have not lived to tell about it. How did they actually get the designs of the Cenobites in Pinhead? They even have Pinhead's voice. How did they know that this is what Pinhead would sound like? Was this game actually created by a merchant or la marchand who knows we never get that answer i guess you're supposed to assume that if one makes toys the other makes buildings and architecture so maybe we have one that created a game i don't know we never get that answer i think this movie also has a major misstep with its opening the opening is a dream slash nightmare whatever you want to call it and Definitely a nightmare, I guess. But it has a jump scare, and why in the world would you even open the movie with this? It's not a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Pinhead is definitely not Freddy. The Hellraiser franchise as a whole was grossly mishandled, and I blame the Weinsteins for that and Miramax. They're the ones that kind of killed it off and turned it into that direct-to-video, cheap-and-dirty type of franchise. And this one definitely doesn't do the franchise any favors by any stretch. As a matter of fact, for a film made in 2005, it actually feels like a late 90s horror film. Based on the music and even how the main characters are dressed, I even hated the music for this one. We get a lot of clone and imitation sounding songs, and they sound like a combination of... Metallica, you have stuff that sounds like Alice in Chains, a little bit of Marilyn Mantony sounding stuff, Rob Zombie sounding music. I don't know who this movie was made for. I don't think it was exactly made for Hellraiser fans. 
It takes some severe missteps from a production and music standpoint here. They tried to make it seem more extreme, and if they would have dialed back some of that stuff, it might have made it a better film overall. Of course, this is a direct-to-video Hellraiser film, and this is the eighth entry in it. They do try to make it different, and I appreciate that. That's one of the best things about it is that I can say, hey, at least it's different. But in an effort to be different, you completely abandon rules set forward by the previous films. The movie actually starts off decently directed until it goes into a lot of the quick cuts as far as the editing. They're trying to make things seem more intense. It practically goes into Saw-like territory. That's the only thing I can really compare it to. The way it looks and when they go into the extreme quick cutting mode. Even the first kill is reminiscent of something that we would see in Saw. The influence of Saw in this movie is just kind of annoying. Not only does it rip off Saw as far as feel and the kills, all that good stuff, it also rips off Scream with the way the ending is handled. We have voice changers, phones, even a villain who must tell his plan and motivations at the very end. Instead of getting on with it, he has to explain himself. Which is good, because even when we do get that explanation, it's something that doesn't even make all that much sense. How in the world could this whole plot be hatched, and it was a result of a hallucinogenic drug that you would make you imagine you're inside of a house at a rave when it didn't really happen, but instead you're buried underneath in the ground? The whole thing for me simply did not add up. You may have caught that I said that it was a result of a hallucinogenic drug. That's right, throughout this movie we do not actually get Pinhead. Pinhead shows up as a murderer, but it's all through the power of suggestion. Nobody actually dies a violent death. They think they die a violent death through the power of suggestion because they are buried. So that's another bad thing about this one for me is the fact that this is Doug Bradley's last time of playing Pinhead. I'm assuming it's going to be the last time we ever see Doug Bradley as Pinhead. We don't see him very much. And it's not actually Pinhead. Or the Cenobites for that matter. They're here, but they don't show up till the very end. That's when things are real. There's a few things that I actually did like in this movie. I like that it's another Hellraiser film that we do get another appearance of Pinhead, even though it is a cheat. It is pretty neat that the house itself where the Hellworld players are in at this rave is called Leviathan House. It was apparently built by one of the Le Marchands, one of the members of the family. So that's nice that they dropped that. I just have a hard time believing that unless we're supposed to believe, maybe it's the same house from the past in Hellraiser 4. I don't know, we're never told who it actually was. Maybe it was another one in the bloodline, maybe it was the actual original, I don't know. I didn't care enough to go back and rewatch it. It's nice to have those ties to Hellraiser. It doesn't really pay off very well other than reminding us we're watching a Hellraiser film. One thing this movie does get right is the casting. I like the fact that Lance Heinrichsen is here in a role. He's pretty decent in his villain role, even though it doesn't really make a lot of sense, as I stated. And this is also a fun one to watch for 
someone before they got famous. As I stated, Henry Cavill, who you may know as Superman in the DCEU films. For me, it's fun to see an actor when they first start out like this in a movie that they're probably embarrassed about now. Maybe Adam Scott in Hellraiser 4, maybe he's embarrassed about that role. I have no idea. But another one I could really think about is Jennifer Aniston in the first Leprechaun film. I don't think she's necessarily proud of that, but it did give her a role and it did give her money, so I can't see why you would not acknowledge your past, even though it may not be a movie that you necessarily wanted to be in. Overall, it seems like I'm extremely negative towards this film and very harsh on it, and for good reason. It is fun to watch, I guess, if you absolutely want another Hellraiser film. And this is definitely one of the low spots of the franchise. It's worth watching just for Doug Bradley, even though we don't get much with him. Overall, it's not a strong recommendation from me at all. I think I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. Also, if you don't do the whole social media thing, you can send an email to me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I have a website if you want to catch up on some past episodes, and that is adamanalyzes.com. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave me a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to continue making new episodes and also reach new listeners. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, be kind and good night.